I guess if you're planning on like kidnapping Santa, though, <laughs> it's probably time for your parents to be like, all right, kid. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also like that is a one-way ticket to the naughty list for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based, and probably very giggly, discussion on all things strange and unusual. If you have kiddos who are listening with you, you may want to have them leave the room because in this special Christmas-themed episode, we are going to share a couple of stories about how some of our listeners found out that Santa Claus isn't real. But before we get started talking about Santa, we need to do something spooky. (laughs) So, Megan, (laughs) do you have anything spooky to share? I'm annoyed because I feel like I had a good thing that was actually spooky, but I totally forgot. But I do have something that's sort of adorable um, and slightly spooky. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter, Alice, is very into hide and seek. But like many two-year-olds does not quite get the point that, you know, you need to go hide somewhere. Like just because you're under a blanket doesn't mean that we don't know where you are. (laughs) (laughs) So two mornings in a row, or maybe it was like a morning and a nap time. I don't remember. But I opened the door to her room and just like immediately busted out laughing because she's just sitting in her little toddler bed with a blanket draped over her like some sort of little rainbow print ghost (laughs) it's so adorable (laughs) it's very cute (laughs) and i bust out laughing and she goes i'm hiding (laughs) so not the best hider yet (laughs) she'll get there Yes, yes. We've been playing a lot of hide and seek. Although it was creepy that my husband said he was like, well, just wait until because right now we shut her door at night. We have like a baby proof thing on it. So she can't just like wander the house. But he was like, wait until we let her wander around and you wake up and she's like standing next to your bed with a blanket over her head in the middle of the (laughs) night. It's like, absolutely not. (laughs) That would be the end of that. Uh, yes so very cute uh i just released our thanksgiving episode in mid-december so things are going great timing wise there and my something spooky from that was the housing market (laughs) yes (laughs) yes which it still sort of is but yeah but it seems like things are gonna work out i actually have a place to live there's like some odds and ends that are still in process because we're sort of selling a house simultaneously but yay I won't be homeless so (laughs) in other words Megan will not be moving in with me so the podcast will continue the podcast will continue yes we won't (laughs) have to live in the same house and drive each other crazy and you know inevitably break up (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that it would be inevitable (laughs) it would probably be fine uh okay (laughs) if it did happen I would blame your brother okay (laughs) 
So, <laughs> Paige, did anything spooky happen to you in the last few weeks since we recorded? I don't think so. I I probably tell you all the spooky stuff. So I'm I'm missing something or I'm forgetting something. Just let me know. But I can't I can't remember. I I feel like there's always something a little spooky going on in this house. Mm-hmm. So nothing yeah. new really. But I just cannot believe a that I've been living here for a year. Mm-hmm. B that we are already to Christmas. Like we're only six days away. And that soon we're going to be heading into our third year as podcasters. Yeah, that's really weird. (laughs) Which is like, it sort of feels like we just started like six months ago to me. I mean, we've certainly made progress. You know, we've we've obviously been at it longer than six months, but it just feels like we just just started. (laughs) So yeah, I think I think like if you asked me and I had to think about it really quick, I would say like, oh, yeah, we just started it like, you know this past spring and it's like no that was like two springs ago (laughs) yeah so so (laughs) it's crazy time is meaningless um (laughs) 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 i just wrapped up my job in my current city so my brain is very frazzled so this is the perfect time for a chill like listener stories episode because If I had to research anything for you guys, it was going to be a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we're going to do Santa stories this year. And just to preface this a little bit, last year we did uh, Santa science and we talked some about the psychological implications of children believing in Santa Claus. And a big part of it was deciding that Santa fits the criteria for a boogeyman, which is like still a hill that I will die on. Uh, But But with respect to, you know, the impact on children, there were two camps. So there was one camp who were party poopers and said, you shouldn't let your kids believe in Santa because science literacy is bad enough these days, which like, obviously, we are definitely living through that right now. But, you know, the idea that it could lead them to be more willing to accept pseudoscientific or unscientific things in the future. And, you know, I I see where that person was coming from. But I think you and I decided, like, come on, like, just just let kids have some fun. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I certainly think this would be a di- like, we would be talking about this a little differently if we were trying to convince like 22 year old adults that Santa was real. But like, exactly. they're children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So the other camp said it's harmless. But if you're worried about it, you know, just make sure to encourage your kids to ask questions, do experiments, you know, you can start doing little things to sort of clue them in and get them to start thinking critically about whether or not Santa is real and basically give them the opportunity to figure it out for themselves. So like, A, it's less hurtful that, you know, or potentially less hurtful that they feel like, oh, they have been... (laughs) fibbing to me this whole time about this, but also gives them, I guess, a little bit more power in it. So anyway, so since Santa is this like boogeyman slash mystical man slash, you know, in the more pagan sense associated with like elves, which I think are associated with fairies who are supposed to be really mean and creepy. And the fact that a significant portion of us believed in Santa at one point, we're going to talk about how we found out and 
how some other people found out the truth about Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Paige, do you want to go first? Yeah. Why don't you go first and do your story? Yeah. We'll just like go back and forth. For sure. So I was telling Elliot this story earlier and I, (laughs) I told him mine is less of like one defining moment or like one story that I remember. It's more Mm -hmm. of just like the lifestyle. <laughs> That's what I told him. Uh, <laughs> so my, I, I grew up with a father who giggled every single time he said Santa Claus or reindeer. So like, I think I was like tipped off pretty early on that something yeah. was a little weird about Santa Claus. And I mean, they always did a really good job with it. And we, you know, we always had gifts under the tree from Santa and like our mm-hmm. Santa was pretty awesome because we always had like our one big gift was unwrapped. So it, it brilliant on their part because then we got to come downstairs and like play with a toy while they continued to sleep. Mm, that um, is a good move. <laughs> yeah, really smart. And but like, you know, you start talking to other kids and realize that their kids aren't doing like aren't getting that from Santa Claus. And it's like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, right. But like but all that stuff sort of had me questioning it. Um, I mm-hmm. suppose like if I had to point my finger at the moment that I knew it was untrue. Um, and I don't remember what grade I was in, but it was in school. It always is, right? There's always like a kid who ruins it for everybody else. And there was this kid who... Oh, I first, let me back up because I have to tell you that my parents were really bad about the tooth fairy. And so like I would... like frequently lose a tooth, come downstairs the next morning and be upset because the tooth fairy didn't bring me money. My tooth was still there. And my parents would be like, oh, that's weird. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, one of them would say, hey, you should go back upstairs and check. I think maybe the tooth fairy came late or something like that. And I would go up and there would be money. So, I mean, they were like (laughs) definitely messing up the tooth fairy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, so yeah, I'm in school. and Like I said, I don't remember what grade I was in, but this kid brings up to which this is horrifying but brings up to me that he is like snooping through his parents bedroom and finds a box full of all of his baby teeth (laughs) and like it's like so the tooth fairy isn't real because like i found my teeth my parents have them Uh, oh um, no and I don't really honestly even remember if I brought it up to my parents but like I at that point it was like between all the you know tooth fairy blunders and between my my dad you know giggling every time he said Santa Claus like I was pretty certain that Santa was not real so that's my story (laughs) gotcha so did you like ask them for confirmation at that point or did you just sort of decide I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm sure I brought it up to them at some point, but like I couldn't tell you what that conversation would have been. Gotcha. I just definitely remember the box of teeth story and mm-hmm. totally freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, funnily enough, mine is also tooth fairy related. And I think we told these last year as well. So these might sound familiar to some of you, but we definitely wanted to reiterate them. But my parents forgot to be the tooth fairy for several nights in a row. <laughs> when I was in, I don't know, I must have been in second or third grade. I might have been a little bit older. And I, it had been a few days and I woke up and, you know, no tooth fairy again. And I'm in the bathroom and I think my, my mom or dad came in and I just remember saying, like, the tooth fairy isn't real, is it? <laughs> 
<laughs> like very accusatory. <laughs> and I think it was at that point that they came clean about it. And yeah, then I it was within a couple days of that that I started thinking, well, if the tooth fairy isn't real, then I don't think Santa Claus or like any of these creatures who leave stuff in my house are real. So yeah, so a couple days later, I asked my mom about Santa Claus, and she confirmed it for me. And yeah, I remember like having a conversation about like, but why? (laughs) Why would you tell me this? (laughs) If it's not real? And she was like, because it's nice to have fun and give people gifts. And yeah, I think that's sort of one of the camps too, is that people are afraid they're going to hurt their kids' feelings by, you know, lying to them. But when I tell you that I have a toddler now, and she's old enough this year that we can like talk to her about Santa and ask her what she wants and tell her that Santa's going to bring her presents, it is fun as fuck to lie to your kid about it. <laughs> <laughs> Because she's so excited. Like, we've been watching Christmas movies with her, and she's very excited to see Santa every time in them. And it's so cute. And it's just like, oh, it's great. So, anyway, so now that I'm doing it, I'm like, great. I'm all in on Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Okay, so I think we also have a couple friends, and then we also have our husband's stories briefly, and then we will get to uh, the couple listener stories that we have. So Paige, do you want to do Sarah's or Elliot's first? I'll go ahead and do Sarah's uh, because okay. it's like sort of similar to yours, So, it, and it's super short. So Sarah, okay. um, she says that basically like kids at school were saying you know that santa claus wasn't real and she like wasn't really sure if she believed it or not so she started investigating like the handwriting on her packages or on her presents and like realized that the handwriting was the same as her mom's and Mm -hmm. so she says i cornered my mom in the car dramatically and said mom santa isn't real is he and then (laughs) when her mom confirmed that santa wasn't real she said she proceeded to cry their entire car trip or their entire kroger shopping trip (laughs) (laughs) which is like the most sarah story (laughs) like that's exactly how i would expect it to go down for her (laughs) yeah yeah but it's such a good example of 
Yeah, like what kids are going to do, which is they're going to start to develop critical thinking skills and start thinking about it. Like she looked at her mom's handwriting or looked at the handwriting and figured out it was her mom and stuff. So anyway, um, okay, so I will do my husband Stevens because I think his is... And I just remember this today, um, but I think his is actually quite good. So he found out, and good on him for not cluing you in or anything when you were super young, but he found out because of the movie Gremlins. So I think he was a little bit older. He was Mm -hmm. like in fourth grade, which is on the old side of a kid finding out that Santa isn't real. But Gremlins is rated PG, so like not totally inappropriate for a fourth grader to be watching but they straight up say in the movie that santa isn't real oh no he figured it out yeah but like in a horrifying way so gremlins is one of those sort of like unofficial but like everyone has accepted that it's a christmas movie because it takes place over christmas but also kind of a horror movie (laughs) yes but it's like also it's a christmas horror movie essentially and (laughs) the part where they say that Santa isn't real is the main girl character, Kate, is tells this story about how her dad went out on Christmas Eve and like never came back, <laughs> never like didn't come home on Christmas. And after some time, they found him dead, stuck in their chimney, dressed as Santa Claus with all of their presents. <laughs> oh, no. And at the end of it, she says, that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. (laughs) Poor Steven. Poor little Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Scarred for life. So yeah, so that's how he found out. And I thought it was very appropriate for this podcast because it's a horror movie that clued him in. But a good thing to remember because that's sort of a horror movie that is acceptable for younger age viewers. But right. like, be careful because, yeah, there there's a whole thing in it about how Santa Claus isn't real. So... <laughs> Yeah, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Okay. Now it's Elliot's, which I'm yeah. excited about the title. So, of it. Elliot was they had like their whole family together for Christmas. And okay. he said that one night apparently all the cousins decided they were like gonna go and see what presents were already under the tree. Okay. And so they were out there and they were like, you know, peeking around, but they suspected that like Santa was either like coming back or like was not, had not yet shown up. And those were just like other gifts. And okay. so he said that they had planned like to ambush Santa. And <laughs> <laughs> he said he's like not totally clear on whether they were planning on just like, catching him to like show everybody that they caught him or if their plan was to like just steal all the other presents that he had but like <laughs> he did confirm with his cousin that this is like actually a thing because he's like i want to make sure i'm telling you like the real story uh-huh. um he also said he's not he like vaguely remembers that like one of the cousins was gonna like hide under or like behind the tree um <laughs> to like help catch santa but like he said even that he's not totally sure even happened mm-hmm. uh, but like basically the cousins had all come up with this plan to like catch Santa when he showed up and his aunts and his mom all heard them out there like messing around with the presents so they came Mm -hmm. out and they must have told them the plan and they basically just decided like okay it's time 
to tell them. Oh. So apparently, like, all the cousins had it ruined for them at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> that's sad, though. I mean, I guess it. I guess that's probably pretty common that kids, yeah, like, catch their parents in the act of putting out the Santa stuff or filling the stockings or whatever mm-hmm. and then have it spoiled for them that way. But, oh, I'm, like, sort of glad that I found out like not at Christmas time. Like finding right. out Christmas night would be sad. Yeah, it might be a little bit sad to find out. I guess if you're planning on like kidnapping Santa though, <laughs> it's probably time for your parents to be like, "All right, kid." <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> yeah, and also like that's a one-way ticket to the naughty list for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's really funny. Okay, so one more from a close friend of ours, and then we will do our listener stories once. And this is also a very short one. So this is from Trent. So Trent sent this in an email. And he said, I always had my suspicions when one Christmas, my middle brother and I had new bikes from Santa delivered into our living room. Meanwhile, my oldest brother got a Bowflex machine, and that was in the back of my dad's truck. (laughs) So Santa thought it was a good idea to put bikes inside, but a weightlifting machine was good to be outside. (laughs) And he put the little, like, hmm, emoji. (laughs) Uh, Another year, there was something else big for one of my brothers, and it was locked in the shutout back. So, yes. So they messed up the order. Like, why would Santa leave the Bowflex machine? (laughs) outside in the truck and not in the living room but bring the bikes inside so you gotta be sneaky (laughs) that's pretty funny but I think too though it is so I was pulling up some of our old notes from Santa Science last year Mm -hmm. and the fact that most kids find out like around the age of seven to nine years old and some of them go through this or not some of them but all kids around the age of eight go through this like cognitive or the shift in their cognitive ability and become more critical. They're like better critical thinkers. They start to question these things. So it's just funny. But like, yeah, so many people's stories are them basically learning to be critical thinkers. So anyway, I don't know. This is like some weird PSA thing where I'm sort of like, listen, (laughs) I'm a scientist. I'm all for being skeptical. I'm all for being reasonable and logical about things. But like just when it's the right age, encourage your kids to think critically about it. You don't have to not let them believe in it. Okay. So do you want to do Garrett or Cassie first? I'm going to do Garrett's. So our first story comes from Garrett. I do want to note that I did cut out just a little bit, just to shorten the length, but I didn't cut anything out to take. I don't think I shouldn't have taken anything from the story. So here we go. This is really a story about how Garrett's youngest brother learned about the physical reality of Santa Claus, he says. (laughs) Here's a brief background. It was Christmas Eve in the early 1980s. I was 12. We lived on a farm near the Louisiana-Mississippi state line north north of Baton Rouge. My middle brother would have been around 10, and my youngest brother would have been about 7. 
Both me and my middle brother had gradually come to understand that our parents were Santa, but we had a mission to try and preserve the legend for our youngest brother. Because one, Christmas is fun, and two, it's sometimes worth it to preserve a little bit of mystery in your life if that mystery is harmless. The day started normally enough. It was a family tradition to eat lunch at my uncle's house and then go to Christmas Eve service that night. We played all morning with my cousins and then ate lunch. One of the dishes was a roasted wild duck that one of my older cousins had shot the previous weekend, I think. <laughs> one of the desserts was a fruitcake. I had heard of the horrors of fruitcake for most of my young life, so of course I had to give it a try. <laughs> it wasn't until we started getting ready for church later that evening that things went off the rails. I was scheduled to be one of the altar boys that night, so of course we were running late. That was common occurrence in a household with three boys sharing one bathroom. I was starting to feel unwell on the way to church, but my parents thought I didn't want to go to church. I'll spare you the gory details. Let's just say the rapid onset of possible food poisoning was impressive. Oh, no. <laughs> my mom quickly drove me home, put me in their bed with a Gatorade, and said they'd be back after church. Oh, classic 80s parenting. Okay. And he, he even states, please note that my parents weren't ignoring my symptoms. Kids got sick all the time and no one could have anticipated what was about to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. No judgment. <laughs> right. No judgment. <laughs> but yeah, I feel better. It's like the day, no, never mind. I'm not going to go into another story. Um, right. so, <laughs> this was the beginning of one of the longest nights of my life. I was so dehydrated, the cramps started about an hour after my mom returned to church. Oh, no. I don't know how long my family was gone, but by the time they got home, I was so curled up from cramps, I looked like a dead spider. <laughs> my mom rushed into the rushed me into the ER around midnight, so that left my dad to manage two young boys and Christmas morning. <laughs> Apparently, I passed out in the ER, and I later woke up on Christmas morning in a hospital bed hooked up to IVs. Thankfully, my mom's best friend was also my pediatrician, so she rushed in and spent the night monitoring my condition. From this point on, I was in and out of consciousness until almost lunch on Christmas Day, so what I'm about to tell you has become a family legend. <laughs> when my youngest brother woke up the next morning expecting presents from Santa, he learned that not only was I in the hospital with a vicious GI infection slash food poisoning, but Santa, a.k.a. a very distracted dad, had forgotten to take the presents out of their store bags. Oh, no. <laughs> from what I've been told, he was upset at this sudden revelation. By the time I had gotten home, he seemed okay. Good presents and M&Ms in your Christmas stocking always help. <laughs> as far as I can tell, he doesn't hold it against me after all these years. <laughs> Looking back, I can't help but feel some regret about how this all played out. Obviously, I had no control over getting violently ill, but I feel as an older sibling, it's your duty to protect your younger siblings. Aww. And even though my faith has evolved over the years, please don't tell my mom, <laughs> I adore Christmas. I love the TV specials. Except Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Don't get me started on bigot claws. <laughs> Most of the movies, especially The Nightmare Before Christmas, go figure. The music, the decorations, etc. Christmas means family to me, and I still love the idea of a generous person giving freely of themselves to spread joy to kids. I call it the spirit of Santa Claus. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it is sweet, but like, how... <laughs> 
Poor brother. <laughs> I mean, he had no control over this situation, but like, what a what a bummer, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, bummer all around because I'm sure yeah. the parents are stressed as fuck because right. their kid's in the hospital and yeah, like he's sick and the poor younger brother finds out. Although I guess if it is any consolation, if your younger brother was seven, it was sort of like... He it, was on the edge of figuring it out. Yeah, so he's going to figure it out yeah. soon anyway. <laughs> right. Like he he was very close um, or at the age where kids start to figure it out for themselves. So, you know. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad dad didn't withhold the gifts and then just like not put anything out and say, hey, Santa decided to wait to drop your stuff off until your brother is home. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been good. But looking in on the outside, this is what this episode is. This is just like how better to lie to your kids to get them to believe in Santa longer. It's the only time that you'll hear us encouraging people to lie, to like continue, continue to dupe others into believing in something that's not true. Okay. <laughs> All right. So our next listener story comes from Cassie and we'll get right into it. So, and I haven't read this, so you guys are getting like the blind react here. Uh, she says, hello, I have a pretty good story here for you. In hindsight, I think it's hilarious, but as a kid, I was pretty traumatized when I found out that Santa wasn't real. When I was in middle school, maybe 10 or 11, I was on the verge of not believing in Santa Claus anymore. So she believed in it a little bit longer yeah. uh, than most kids, which is which is nice. My mom will tell you it's because she still wanted me to believe. So there you go. Mom is like, she doesn't want to let go of the childhood. I get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> when I told her that I was questioning the existence of Santa Claus, she said, if you don't believe in him, you won't get presents. <laughs> I don't remember this conversation. What I do remember is during my time of questioning faith, my sister and I received a letter on Christmassy letterhead. Our names and address were handwritten. I thought this couldn't be the real Santa Claus, but I couldn't identify the handwriting at all. And he had a personal information about us. It had to be Santa. That year, I went all out to make sure that Santa had the best Christmas ever. I gave him <laughs> cookies, and because we were out of milk, I gave him a glass of water and wrote him a letter. The next morning, I had a response thanking me for the water. I compared the handwriting to the address written on the envelope, and it was exactly the same. I continued to believe in Santa for a minimum of two more years. <laughs> this is so cute. Then, one year, my dad, sister, and I... We're all wrapping presents for the family members that weren't home at the time. He had gotten my brother a pack of boxers and asked my sister if he should write from Santa from down under. What do you mean? I asked. He explained. He laughed and explained the joke. I told him I understood the joke, but why was he the one writing Santa's name? <laughs> Oh, no. Turns out he didn't realize that I still believed in Santa Claus. <laughs> I ran to my room, bawling my eyes out, yelling, I want to believe. I oh. wanted to believe. <laughs> I don't remember when I stopped being mad at him for spilling the beans that Santa wasn't real, but I was mad at him for quite a while. <laughs> I don't know when I figured it out, but later in life, I found the letter that I 
hadn't thrown away yet and realized that the handwriting had been my dad's the whole time. <laughs> I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe. Oh, it's sweet. Cassie, you sweet soul. <laughs> That's very cute. And it's cute that your mom was basically like, no. Or she was not ready to let go <laughs> of the childhood magic because I think she says she has an older sister, right? Well, she doesn't say it's older, but I assume that the sister and the brother perhaps are older. Yeah, I assumed that she's older, but yeah, but I so don't think yeah, she it said. sounds like mom maybe wasn't ready to let go of you know having a little kid who still yeah. believed in Santa Claus. Well, I don't have any other thoughts. This is going to end up being a shorty short episode, but yeah, it is a short one. Well, thank. To everyone who sent us or to Karen and Cassie for sending those. Yeah. Those were great. Yeah, those are some those are some pretty fantastic stories. <laughs> I'm gonna say I wanted to believe a little bit. <laughs> I wanted to believe. Yeah, here's here's what <laughs> What you don't realize, Cassie, is that Paige and I are just going to regularly say that to each other <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Probably on the podcast. <laughs> It'll be like when we. I wanted to believe <laughs> when I find out that some you know, ghost video or whatever isn't real. I'm just going to yell out, I want it to believe. <laughs> so you've uh. officially become part of the podcast <laughs> permanently <laughs> with that story because it's so cute. Well, that wraps up our Santa listener stories episode as well as all of our 2021 episodes. Oh, so, crazy. I know. So tune in in 2022 for episode 40 on spooky chemistry. Ooh. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at spooky SciPod. Facebook at Spooky Science Sisters, and at our website, SpookySciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookySciencesisters at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay spooky. Happy holidays. I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe. <laughs> it is so cute. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.